Our scripture reading for today comes from the Old Testament book of Isaiah, the prophet who had a word for God's people. Let that word come to us today as we read from chapter 9, verses 2 and 6 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. For he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. A word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Alan. Uh, and I want to thank the Blumenthal's for uh, being our Advent family this year, uh, this week. Nick and, and Laura and Brandon and Caroline. Yeah. Uh, one morning back in August, uh, several of us on the Faith Westwood staff were part of a, a larger crew that secretly, secretly test drove one of the new balloons that appeared in the Macy's Parade. Uh, we did it indoors at the CHI Center. Here's a picture of that balloon during the parade. It was designed and constructed here in Omaha by a company owned by a couple from our faith family, uh, Lee and Deanne Bowen. And isn't that kind of a cool thing? I took the shot off the, the TV screen. Anyway, now I can add experienced balloon handler to my resume. Yeah. Thanksgiving is officially over, for which we are thankful. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, as uh, we learn, and, and so the next four weeks we're going to be preparing ourselves for Christmas. Our Advent series is called, In Our Darkness, A Light Has Dawned. And today's message is about this, the, the gift that gives hope. Now, in just a bit, uh, we're going to do something that we do every once in a while. I'm going to ask you to turn and huddle up with, uh, and with a few others around you into groups of about four, more or less, and uh, share with one another how you would answer this question. What is one of your pre-Christmas traditions? What's one of the things you do before Christmas that you look forward to every year? It could be a movie that you always watch or ringing the bells for the Salvation Army or driving around to see the Christmas lights or sending out Christmas cards. Uh, as you huddle up, do a quick check around you, and if you see somebody alone close by, wave them to come over and join you if they want. And, of course, you don't have to. If you'd rather not huddle up, that is totally fine. And if you'd like to go but not say anything, you can do that too. Just listen. So... Huddle up, introduce yourselves, move right along because you only get two minutes starting now.
Well, it sounds like a lot of you are pretty chatty here today. You had some fun things to share about what you do during your uh, pre-Christmas time. Uh, you know, one of the things that I always do is I like to watch on TV a Christmas carol with Patrick Stewart playing Ebenezer Scrooge. I, I just, I love that one, and I always try to get it every year. Did somebody just clap? All right, yeah, you too. Uh, Trish washes it with me, yeah. Today we begin to uh, prepare ourselves for the arrival of God's greatest gift, the one who was fully human and fully divine. The angel said, his name shall be Jesus, which means the Lord saves, because he will save his people from their sins. Let's pray. Good and great Father, you always keep your promises. Thank you for keeping this one and sending the Savior, the Messiah. As the Bible says, he was born at just the right time according to your plan. It's hard for us to imagine how evil this world would be today without his influence. So Lord, restore us to the image of your Son. And now, awaken our hearts to receive your word. Anoint us afresh with the Holy Spirit. We pray in the saving name of Jesus. Amen. Did uh, anybody here go to the Holland Center last Sunday for the uh, annual performance of Handel's Messiah? Anybody? Yeah, me neither. Uh, but hopefully I'm going to go next year. Because I think that would be a wonderful pre-Christmas tradition to go and, and who knows, I might even see if I can sign up to sing with it sometime. Handel's lyrics come right out of the Bible. Did you know that? And, and they're all focused on the, the good news of Jesus the Messiah. And, and the whole thing is just a powerful gospel message. You know, I was thinking I could, just, I could see myself doing an extended series sometime based on all the scriptures from the Messiah. You know, it starts out with these arias that are from the Old Testament, mostly from Isaiah. Uh, here's one. Remember this one? And the glory, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And then there's one. Uh, o thou that tellest good tidings to Zion, then say, say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. And then one of my favorites uh, comes from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. I think it's some of the most hopeful news in all the Bible. For unto us a child is born, ta, ta, ta. unto us ta, ta, ta. a son is given. Remember that one? This Thursday in my email, look for it, I'm going to include a link to a performance of that one. And I hope you'll listen to it here during Advent. You might even find yourself, well, I'm going to listen to it every week or maybe make this part of your annual tradition is to listen to that. 39 and a half years ago. Wow, 39 and a half years ago. I had just come back from visiting some people at the hospital and I walked back into my office at the church and my wife Trish was sitting there at the chair in my desk. What was she doing here? And I can still picture, I, I should have told you I was going to tell this story, shouldn't I? Dang. Anyway, I can still picture her sitting there, her legs crossed, and she looks up at me with this wry smile and says, Hi, Dad. And that's how she announced to me 
that we were going to have a baby. It was a day of rejoicing. Yeah. Nine years ago, no, we did not have another baby. <laughs> Nine years ago, Prince William and Princess Kate announced to the world that they were expecting their first child. The following July, Prince George was born, an heir to the throne. Uh, today, eight-year-old Prince George is an oldest son of an oldest son of an oldest son of a 95-year-old lady who really likes being queen. <laughs> when an heir to the throne is born, it's a really big deal, right? It's big news. And the entire kingdom rejoices and celebrates. It's a day of hope. And we hope that this young Prince George one day grows up to be a good king, right? That his reign will be one of peace and justice for all. And now I'd like to introduce to you the heart of today's message, the, the, the thing that I most want you to remember. During Advent, we look forward to a world with King Jesus in charge. That is our hope. Would you like to say it with me? We look forward to a world with King Jesus in charge. That is our hope. So now what we're going to do is I'm gonna we're going to zip back to the time of the kings in the Bible. Uh, in the 8th century B.C., Ahaz was king of a small nation uh, called Judah, and two other small nations to the north attacked him. They were probably trying to pressure King Ahaz into joining them in their resistance to the big bad bully at the time, which was the Assyrian Empire. But King Ahaz doesn't care about those two. He doesn't want to join them. He just wants to make sure that whatever happens, he's, out, he's on the winning side. Should he join up with his neighbors to the north, or should he buddy up to the Assyrians and try to get them to take these uh, two neighbors off his back? The prophet Isaiah gives King Ahaz the word of the Lord. Do not make an agreement with the Assyrians. God has revealed it. The threat from your neighbors isn't going to last long anyway, so don't worry about them. But whatever you do, do, do not trust the Assyrians. Put your trust in God. But King Ahaz does not put his trust in God. He is prideful, he is stubborn, and he thinks he knows what's best. He should have listened to the lesson in Proverbs 3, 7, which says, do not be wise in your own eyes. In other words, don't stand and look at yourself in the mirror and say how smart you are. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. But King Ahaz was wise in his own eyes. He does just the opposite of what God's telling him to do. He, and he sits down and he writes a letter to the king of Assyria and says, I am your servant and vassal. In other words, I'm going to pay you a bunch of money, and you just send your army and make my neighbors stop attacking me. Then King Ahaz does a second no-no. He takes all of the silver and gold from the temple in Jerusalem and pays it as tribute to the king of Assyria. And then King Ahaz does one more bad thing. He remodels the temple in Jerusalem for the worship of the Assyrian gods. 
he figures, well, if you're going to be a serious ally, you might as well go all the way. And he turns his back on the Lord his God. Assyria sends its army, destroys Judah's two neighbors, and then it comes after Judah. God told him you couldn't rely on them, you couldn't trust them, and the people are terrified. Let's open our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, uh, part of the scripture Alan just read for us. Pew Bible is on page 687. The prophet Isaiah has a message for the people of Judah in these dark times. God will send a ruler. Even as a child, he will be God's message of hope. Verse 6 begins, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Now, it's common in biblical prophecy for there, uh, that there's an original fulfillment and there's an ultimate fulfillment, right? And that's true here as well. This prophecy has an original fulfillment and an ultimate fulfillment. For example, in chapter 7, a couple of chapters before, Isaiah tells of a child who will be called Emmanuel, born of a maiden. And in the 8th century B.C. it happened. A young maiden got married, conceived a child in the natural way, gave birth to a son. His name was Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And that was like a lot of names in the Bible. They meant things that honored God. And that was the original fulfillment of the prophecy. The ultimate fulfillment came later. A maiden conceives in a miraculous way. Jesus is born as the embodiment of Emmanuel. He is God with us. And the same kind of thing happens in chapter 9. The original fulfillment is that God gives them an heir to the throne. And in 735 B.C., Ahaz dies, and his son, the good king Hezekiah, succeeds him. And God saves Judah from the attack of the Assyrians. Even so, uh, some ancient scholars, uh, Jewish scholars back then in ancient times, uh, recognized that Isaiah must be talking about more than the original fulfillment. They, they saw it as we do, that it is pointing also forward to the Messiah. You know, you and I were made for the Messiah. We were made to follow his way of life. Though we confess we often resist it. Like King Ahaz, we can be prideful and stubborn, and yet we know, still know, that Jesus is what we need. Jesus is the kind of ruler we need, that this world needs. When we bow before him, we are set free. When we yield to his will, we thrive. The more we follow him, the more we truly live. Methodist missionary E. Stanley Jones a century ago said, the name of Christ is inscribed in the constitution of our universe and in the makeup of our souls. He said, look into your nature. N not this false nature created by sin, but into your real nature, and you will find his name written there. 
I traded cars in February. I'm still learning about this car. I, I still refer to the owner's manual from time to time. I also joined a Facebook group of other owners who have the same model, and I learn even more. And it's obvious uh, which company made this car. The, 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 the name and the mark of the manufacturer are, are found inside and out. And that's the way we are. You are made in God's image. The name of Jesus is written into your very being. And whether you know it or not, he is stamped into your soul. When we live his way, we flourish. When we stubbornly follow and go our own way, being wise in our own eyes, things tend to fall apart. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulder. And his government is, is not like our governments. It, it, it transcends political philosophies and transcends political parties. Isaiah, I believe, is asking us to imagine a day when the way of Jesus governs all of our personal and corporate decisions. Imagine a day when loving our neighbors makes most of our laws superfluous. Imagine a day when people unite around his truth and grace instead of being divided by our pet causes. Imagine a day when Jesus reigns among us in justice and mercy. My friends, that day has already begun. It's not fully here yet, but the dawn is breaking over the horizon and we are drawn to its light. We look forward to that day, to a world with, with King Jesus in charge. That is our hope. And even today, we see his light breaking into the world. Our courts are flawed. We know that. They're flawed because we are flawed. But when a jury votes according to the evidence and the law and not according to racial bias, we are seeing the dawn of the reign of Jesus Politics today is divided and dysfunctional, dysfunctional, but when we see a handful of, of senators crossing party lines and coming together to read the scriptures and caring for each other and praying for each other, we're seeing the dawn of the reign of Jesus. When our representatives vote with a Christ-formed conscience, putting in jeopardy their own re-election, we see the dawn of the reign of Jesus. When wives and husbands view their marriages as a ministry to each other and then together a ministry to others, we're seeing the dawn of the reign of Jesus. When churches give up their internal bickering and dedicate themselves to loving and serving the community in Jesus' name, we see the dawn of the reign of Jesus. And part of Advent is looking forward. We look backward, but we're also looking forward to the day when Jesus' reign will be complete. We look forward to the day when the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And that is our hope. And that is why we still sing, O come, 
O come, Emmanuel. And I say, look to the dawn. His reign has begun. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you have rescued us from our captivity. You have set us free. You have brought us out of death and into life. Thank you for making us children of the Father and citizens of your kingdom. Let your glorious reign rise like the sun and bless all humanity. Lord Jesus, we are created in, the, in God's image. We, you are stamped on our souls. This is the life we were made for. So help us to, to live into it and lean into it every day. And all God's people said, Amen.